Well, I'm going to do a two-part teaching. Start, say, two-week teaching. Then you guys would think you're going to be here a long time. Um, just this week and next week on grace and, uh, excuse me, after this next, next week, I'm going to start a series called Grace and Peace. And uh, holy wow, you'll need to be here for that, okay? Um, this week and next, I want to talk to you about something called voter ID. And um, I, it's just kind of funny, the comments I get from people on, um, you know, encouraging me one way or another what to do and so forth. And uh, I appreciate that and appreciate all your prayers and, and all of that. But really sought God and pressed into this. And I believe it's a very important message for us here today. Let me start in Second Timothy chapter 4. Before I get started, are you here? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, Paul writes to Timothy, he said, I charge you therefore, and listen to these words, these are serious words right here. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And there's much to say about that. And um, my charge, and I'm real clear on this and have been, my charge is to preach the word. My charge is to preach the word, not to be political but to preach the word. The purpose of preaching the word of God is to help us to be equipped and understand eternal life. It's also to help us be equipped and understand uh, this temporal life. And this temporal life that we live in does include in the mix politics. There are basically three institutions that God has established. He established the family, He established the church, and he established government. And so they all have their role. They all have their boundaries. They all, God speaks about each of these things, and we can't exempt ourselves from any of those things. But my focus is not to be political. My my role is to preach uh, the word to you today. In our current culture, uh, we're in a, highly technological, uh, technologically advanced culture. We are media saturated. And in that, here's what's happening. People's intellects are being fed by sound bites. Our intellects are being fed by sound bites that are coming from the media and make no mistake. And there's agenda behind everything. Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody. And so we're being fed our intellects, and this is a huge problem for our culture and for our day, that people are not reading for themselves, and people are not thinking for themselves. So you've got groupthink and think tanks, and then they craft something according to an agenda, and then through sound bites, throw that out to you, and some people don't read, don't think, don't they just swallow the whole thing. And while I read it on the internet, it must be true. I saw it on TV. It's got to be true. 
And it's like, wake up. And so we've got to be careful concerning this. Um, and it's maddening at times uh, how the back and forth on all of this is. Now, I am not a political analyst. I'm not a political expert. I am a preacher of righteousness, and I am a shepherd of God's people. So that's who you'll hear from today. Any uh, effort toward addressing the season that we're in and some things that are important in that season, I'm not going to come at it at a political point. You know, sometimes I'm talking to somebody and they'll go, well, uh, yeah, I knew you'd give me something out of the Bible. And I go, I'm a I'm a preacher. So that's all, that's, that's the way I work it, okay? And so I'm not going to come at it from any other angle except I'm a preacher of righteousness and I'm a shepherd to God's people. And I, and I want to say this, um, a shepherd loves the sheep. I love you guys. I love you. Have I told you lately that I love you? But. I love you, but I love you enough also that I'll tell you the truth. In Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 15, the previous verses talk about what are referred to as a five-fold ministry gifts, which includes pastor and teacher. And it says, but speaking the truth, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And so I'll speak the truth to us. And we'll identify that in a moment. And that will help us to what? It will help us to grow up. The scripture says helped us to grow up in all things. How many of you would admit at least you have some things that you could grow up in? Okay. And so it's speaking the truth in love. I say it this way. Love is the license to speak truth. You know, so if you've got a friend or family member and they got broccoli or spinach in their teeth and you're out in public. Well, if you love them, you'll discreetly go, yeah. And that's speaking the truth in love. If you don't love them, you just tell them the truth. Ha, you got green stuff in your teeth. <laughs> that's truth, but that's not love. Y'all with me? And it, it, it changes everything about it. And so I'll speak the truth to you in love. And as Paul said in Galatians, he said this, I am not your enemy because I tell you the truth. So if something you hold as truth, and yet it's going to come in conflict with the truth of God's word, and I tell you God's word, that doesn't make me your enemy. Okay? And I love you, and I love you enough to tell the truth. So we're going to um, dive into some good things uh, today and the next week. Um, Part of the reasoning behind this, purpose behind this too, is to prevent some of the division and confusion that we see nationally. Listen, division and confusion... Uh, we don't ever want that in the family of God. Oh, that was really weak. We don't ever want that division and confusion in the family of God. So two, two things I'm going to charge you with. Number one, walk in truth. Number two, walk in love. Walk in truth and walk in love. Because sometimes we're still growing in our understanding of things. We're still sorting out things as we grow in the truth of God's word. And you need to be patient with other people in that. And so don't ever get smug and self-righteous and all-knowing. Because you know what that tells us about you? You're confused. And, and when you start to do that, then you stop walking in love. So it's very important that we walk in truth and we walk in love. Can I get a good amen this morning? In Proverbs 14, verse 34, it says, Righteousness exalts a nation, 
But sin is a reproach to any people. In the Message Bible, it says, God devotion makes a country strong. God avoidance leaves people weak. I want you to get this foundational phrase here. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. So again, our purpose is not to be political, but to give instruction for life. And politics affect your life. So let's look at a couple of things here. First of all, what is our primary message? Our primary message is the primary message of the New Testament. And that is salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the message. That's the good news. That you and I can be saved from our sin, our brokenness, from being lost in this life and for eternity by having faith in Jesus Christ. That is the primary message of the New Testament. The secondary message is this. How do we live? How should we live? What makes life work? And if you find what makes life work, and you can find that from God, when you find what makes life work, you treasure that. You value that. You make decisions based on that. And that all boils down into this one word. You ready? Values. You determine your values. When you determine what makes life work, how should I live, that, when you determine those things, you are determining your values. And you'll make your decisions about relationships, about finances, about uh, how you live, how you eat, where you go, what you do, what you believe, how you conduct yourself. If this situation ever happened, this is what I would do. You do all of that based upon your values. And values, I want to submit to you today, that's the issue. That's the issue. Now let's go back and look at the political climate that we live in today. Values are the issue. As we look at politics, it has to do with laws and leaders. Laws and leaders. And laws and leaders have significant influence on our moral climate, for good or for evil. And laws and leaders are either going to promote and encourage or they're going to restrain good or evil. Depending upon what? Upon their values. And see, typically a person that is elected to an office, not only do they have values, they represent the values of a constituency. They represent values of some other people. And we have parties and you have special interest groups and and all of that type of thing. But we need to understand that the underlying factors, the underlying issues to all of this is spiritual. It's spiritual. You say, Pastor, you mean to tell me that a, an election really in the, in the basement of it and the foundation of it is spiritual? Yes, look at me. Everything's spiritual in its root. Everything. The good things, the bad things, the broken things, the shiny things of your life. Everything, the bottom line is spiritual. It's root and fruit. Root and fruit. If you've got addictions or an eating disorder or you can't get along with people. There are spiritual reasons for that. If you get along with everybody and things go well with you and you're a happy person, there are reasons for that. It's spiritual. And if we only try to handle it at the fruit level and not the root level, that's, that's the problem. We're always trying to fix things at the fruit level. Spray this spray on you and you'll lose weight. No, you won't. You just lost 1995. There are other things involved. Are you all with me? And so this too 
is spiritual. And let me tell you ultimately what it is. It's a battle. It's a battle between God's way and man's way. There's a conflict, always, always has been. A battle between God's way and man's way. Righteous, unrighteous, truth, error. There's always that battle, and that's what this is about. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and call good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what they did? They just mislabeled everything. You'd be mad if you went, you know, to local barbecue place and you're trying to get the sweet sauce and it's the spicy sauce. And maybe you'd kick up a fuss about that. Come on now. And, and yet we just kind of take things and we're allowing sound bites to come our way that are calling good evil, evil good, sweet bitter, bitter sweet, dark light, light dark, and it's all, labeling is all messed up and it all has to do with values. Now, in Proverbs 29 verse 2, it says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. What is a righteous man? What is a wicked man? It all has to do with values that they're committed to. Now, as I share a few things with you this morning and then next week, I'm not going to share my opinions, okay? You don't need my opinions. Um, I do better to stay in the role that I told you as a preacher of righteousness, as a shepherd of God's people, to just preach the word. That is my charge. And we've already boiled the whole thing down. It has to do with values. So I did not come to be political. I did not come to share my opinions. Nor am I going to, and hear me on this, nor am I going to talk about any candidates. I'm not going to talk about parties. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to do that. I am going to address some issues because those are related to values. And I'm going to lay this out to you so that you can kind of sort some things out for yourself. Today, this very day, there are about 1,500 churches that are joined together. They're going to do a thing called National uh, Pulpit Freedom Sunday. And they're going to step over all lines that have been drawn concerning, you know, what a church can or cannot do, what a nonprofit can or cannot do. And uh, they're going to step across because they're trying to provoke the IRS into a lawsuit, um, seriously, to... uh, go ahead and fight it out about a 1954 uh, ruling. It's the Johnson Amendment, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, because he was running for Senate and churches were opposing him. And so he worked into some legislation that churches cannot talk out about uh, candidates. I don't necessarily feel the church needs to do that anyway. But these guys are going for it. I hope it goes well. But in my prayer, in my consulting, getting wise counsel for folks, I didn't feel that I even need to bother about doing that. I'm not afraid of doing that, but if there's, if there's a law, I don't have a good reason to go beyond that law. I'm not being forbidden from preaching the gospel. Now that's when it's on, okay? But this, I can share the, share the values with it, Okay. So again, I'm, you know, I've had people, I hope you tell them about so-and-so and so-and-so. And I say, I just hope you show up and listen to me. So all right. I want to encourage you to get involved. I want to encourage you to get informed. 
And ultimately, what I want you to do is to do this right here. I want you to vote. And I want you to vote intelligently, though. And we're going to nudge you towards some things here this morning. I want you to pray. I want you to be careful. Be careful where you get your information from. You know, the other day, uh, Monday is my day off, and the other, uh, last Monday, got my son Gabriel to school. My wife said, hey, let's go for a bike ride. We ride bikes for exercise, but we usually ride separate. She said, let's go for a bike ride. And I said, let's do it. So we loaded up bikes in her truck. My wife drives a truck. Um, and we loaded our bikes up, and we went out to the Greenway, and we, we rode, and it was just beautiful. We just love it. We rode 191 miles. No, we, we rode like 11 miles. It was just, well, that's close. Uh, but it was, it was just beautiful. And then we came home. I, I told her, I said, I just really now, I just need a day off. So we were sitting in the living room. She had the TV on, and um, we were both reading. And then I kind of just, you know, just kind of dozing off, yes. And uh, like some of y'all right now. And... Um, dozing off and TV, whatever was on, it went to another thing. I thought, I ain't watching that. So I, I just, I flipped it over to TV land. Come on now. <laughs> little gun smoke, little Andy, you know, and, and watch that. But the commercials would drive you nuts, especially in the political season. Because if they weren't trying to convince me, um, you know, to get a reverse mortgage, then it was this candidate, he's a so-and-so. And then the next commercial, well, that candidate, he's a whatnot. And then he said this, and it's just back and forth, and then another reverse mortgage, and then, I, I mean, the Fonzie, Henry Winkler's trying to sell me a reverse mortgage. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? I told Alicia, I said, man, if I stayed home every day and watched TV all day, you'd just get, you'd get depressed and confused and it's a mess. So you need to be careful where you're getting your information from and not just from sound bites. I want to help you just a little bit on that. There's two websites I want to direct you to. I'll give you uh, the first one is votesmart.org forward slash elections. Vote smart. And you go on there. It's a wealth of information. All of it is footnoted so that you can find out where did they get this. And you can check all of that out about their views who they're affiliated with, who endorses them, all of those kind of things. That's a really uh, good one. You can go to different races, different locales, everything from president down to local, and click on things and get a lot of good information there. Please do the homework on that. The other one is VoteUndergod.com. VoteUndergod.com, it's up there for you. You can also register to vote on, on that one, but the deadline is Tuesday. So, but you can get a lot of great information from both of those. So be careful where you're getting information from. Now, party politics are nothing new. Uh, they had them back in Jesus' day. Did you know that in Jesus' time there was Republicans and Democrats? Uh, Republicans were the Pharisees. And they were all uptight and uh, conservative and extremely religious and the Democrats, that was the Sadducees, and they were very liberal in their theology. They couldn't believe anything that took faith. They were all about social issues and so forth. And so uh, had both of those, and Jesus was neither. As a matter of fact, Jesus said both were out of sync. 
Jesus told both of them, you're of this world. And he regularly rebuked both of them. And so this is not even about party. This is about values. Everybody say values. And so politicians, what they're doing, they're always working to gain or maintain power for the group that they represent. And that's all based on agendas and values. And it's, you know, it's, it's a coalition working for constituents. And that's all about agenda. And that's all about values. So let's do this. You still with me? First thing is you need to value your vote. And you need to vote your values. That's a you. And just in honor of today, I added some extra things to it. That's what I've done. Okay. Value your vote. Vote your values. Everybody say it with me. Value your vote. Vote your values. Okay, y'all hold on because we got to go a couple miles real fast here real quick. Value your vote. And in a very proper way, you need to decide who is worthy of your vote. You need to value your vote enough. Who is worthy of my vote? Because your ballot, your vote is actually a seed. And it contains within it your hopes for this country and for our community. And it contains your values. So don't treat this lightly. Don't just toss it around. It should be sown. It should be cast with prayer and with care. And you should vote. I said you should vote. It's a privilege. It's a right. Are y'all hearing me? It is a privilege. It is a right. It is also a responsibility. And it matters. In Matthew 26, in the parable of the talents, you remember that one guy got five talents. He was faithful with it. He turned it into more. Another one had two. He turned it into more. And then one was given one talent. How many votes you get? You get one. And he did nothing with it. And in that parable, when the master came back and said, what'd you do with it? He did what? He made excuses. Made excuses why he didn't do anything with it. And here's what scripture called him. Just saying. Because I gave you this one thing and you did nothing with it and you only made excuses. This is what the master said. You're wicked and lazy. So I'm going to go on scripture. I think it's wicked and lazy. When people have shed their blood, people have lost sons and daughters. So that we could have the right to vote. And a person won't make the effort to go get registered to vote and show up at the polls. I think that's wicked. I think that's lazy. Amen. John, John Quincy Adams says, duty is ours, results are God's. Now here's some numbers, and this, I hope this bothers you. It bothers me. Only about 50% of evangelical Christians are registered to vote. I've given you the numbers the last few weeks. Currently, about 57 million evangelical Christians in the U.S., only, and 23 million of them are not registered to vote. So you got only about 50% of Christians registered to vote, and in the last major election, only 50% of them show up at the polls. So that means out of all those people that share like values... 75% of them didn't vote. And that's, that's pretty crazy. The past six presidents have been elected by less than 10 million votes. And 30 million Christians 
didn't vote. So then what we do by default is allow others with perhaps other values to decide who serves. That's wicked. That's lazy. The deadline for voter registration is Tuesday. On voter, uh, voteundergod.com, you can get registered. You can get a registration form out at guest services. Um, there are a number of other ways locally that you can do that so you can get registered to vote. Because, listen, it's not about Republican. It's not about Democrat. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's not about a president. It's not about a mayor. It's not about. It's about values. It's about values. And you need to value your vote. It contains your hopes. It contains your values. And we need to value it and get it out there and vote. Somebody say something. Do something here. All right. Now, hold on. Because we, we got to paddle fast now. Okay. So we're going to value our vote, and we're going to vote our values. We're going to vote our values. Let me just stop and say this. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, and don't misconstrue what I'm saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, I think you should have a biblical worldview. If you say, Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Lord, I've called upon his name, one day I'm going to heaven, I believe he helps me in life, I pray for him, I thank him for my meals. I thank you that if, I, I think that if you follow Jesus, real deal, then you should have a biblical worldview. That if he says, I like this, you go, I like that too. And if he says, I don't like that, you go, I don't like that either. And I'm just amazed in our culture today, it's the opening scripture that I read you, that people are not... They're getting away from sound doctrine, and they've got a real mix. And it's amazing to me that somebody could say, I follow Jesus, and then they have a other worldview than a biblical worldview. What do I mean by worldview? It's the lens, it's the filter that you, that you look at everything, that you look at origins, that you look at life and the value of life. You look at, you make decisions about God or not God, good, evil, family, priorities, values, all of those things come through your world view. And if you're a follower of Jesus, and don't you misrepresent this and say, pastor said if you don't vote this way, you're not a Christian. You better hush up because I got it all recorded what I said, okay? (laughs) Don't misrepresent this. If you follow Jesus, either get in or get out if you're going to follow Jesus, then have a biblical worldview. To, have, to say you follow Jesus, and, and this is kind of chic right now, is to have a mix of worldviews. Do you know what that's also called? Schizophrenia. No, really, really. I looked up the word. It's the coexistence of contradictory or incompatible elements. It's like, how can you say you believe that and you believe this? How can you say you believe this and you believe that? I'll be honest with you. I can't even believe the issues that we're having to deal with on a national level. I can't even believe there's debate over some things. And I can't even believe where some people say that they follow Jesus. Uh, Keep, stay with the notes. So vote your values. Where do we get our values? I just told you. You get them right here. You get them right here. 
Did I mention any party? Did I mention any candidate? Did I mention any? No, you just get them right here. I didn't mention an issue yet. And you need to get them from God. Well, I, I don't know how to get through this. Hey, hey, we have church all the time. Come be a part of this. I'll help you with it. We try to help you to learn how to study God's word. You are without excuse. There's so many things that would just come to your phone. Well, I have a dumb phone. We'll save up and get a smartphone, okay? Um, <laughs> enter a contest. Do something, okay? But, I mean, there are so many resources that will help us so that we can be able to see, get some light on the issues that are around us. Vote your values. Do not vote according to polls. Now, I mess with people before service, you know, because we had some big college games yesterday, and they go, hey, so your team lost. I go, uh-uh. My team won. I'm for them. You know why? Because I, I tend to just go with a winner. <laughs> but some people do that. They watch political polls, and they go, I'm, I'm going to go with so-and-so because they're up. Don't do that. Vote your values. Don't vote because of signs. I actually had a lady, and if you're, if you're here today, God bless you still, but like two years ago, there was a um, local election. We were electing something two years ago. And she said, Pastor, the way I do it is I just pray that morning, and then the last sign that I see before I go in to vote. <laughs> and I said, respectfully, ma'am, you should not live alone. I didn't say that. I just thought that. Okay. <laughs> Vote your values, not polls, not signs, not looks. They're so good looking. Or personality. Or race or color. Or gender. Or what your friends are doing. Or even what a person would say. Or a soundbite that you heard on some cheap commercial. Sometimes people say anything. And sometimes they'll say it depending, uh, uh, something different depending on who their audience is. It's like if you're running for office in high school, vote for me and there'll be no more homework. And we get, instead of lockers, we'll have vending machines and ice cream every day. You know, we'll make up stuff to get votes. And you say, that would never happen. Happens all the time. Compare your values with the candidates' positions and records. Look at those websites. If both candidates take wrong positions, choose the one closest to yours. There are no perfect candidates. There never have been. There never will be. Ask, what is their platform? What is their worldview? Beyond their values, are they a leader? Because you have somebody, a really, really sweet Christian who believes like you do, but they're a sorry leader. You don't want that either. So you want to make sure you got a leader. You want to make sure they're qualified. You want to know what their character is. And this is a huge one too. Who unites around that candidate? You know, if it's all pirates around them, then beware. Who unites around them and what are their values? Look at all this carefully. Now, let me just race to this real quick. Here's the big issue. There's far more at stake. Hear me. Look at, look at me. There's far more at stake right now than just who's going to serve us the next four years. Far more at stake. And I'll tell you what it is. Within the next four years, there's the high probability that at least three and perhaps even four of our Supreme Court justices will retire due to age or illness and they will need to be replaced. And they will be replaced and the balance of the court always is about what? Values. And they'll be, they'll be nominated according to whoever is in leadership and their values. 
And then they will be approved or disapproved based on the rest of Congress, based upon what? Upon values. Now, president, Congress, governors, everybody on down, checks and balances, checks and balances, checks and balances. That's why there's so many just fights over different things because they're fighting over what? Values. You get to the Supreme Court, that's it, folks. We've given them the final place of appeal. And we're not setting the tone for, well, in just four more years, if we lose this one, we'll, we'll do that one. If, you know, people representing other values of mine, then we'll get back. L- let me tell you, the whole balance of the court would then be set one way or another based on what? Based on values. Not for four years, but potentially 30, 35, 40 years. This will impact public policy. This will impact moral climate. Issues that we can't even believe are even going to court. Who's even brave enough to even say that? And now these things would, would, would come forward. Listen to me. It's all about values. I, I have articles here. The Patriot News, New York Times, future of aging court raises stakes of presidential voting. Listen to this. Lost in the overarching maze of the superficial presidential campaign pandering and counter allegations is the massive significance of the next president could have on reshaping the highest court in the land. Their successors will be at the core of the court for at least another whole generation and beyond and could well rule on cases affecting the most controversial issues of the day. And it all comes down to what? To values. How dare us not value our vote and vote our values. Amen. Let me wrap this up. I love you. Have I told you lately that I love you? Hey, this is real deal stuff. Do we follow Jesus or not? Proverbs 14, 34 again says this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a a reproach to any people. We want to know what righteousness means. It means right. The question would be, who is right? What is right? We're living in a postmodern, the most relativistic age ever where people are wanting to say nothing's right and nothing's true. Anything's right. Anything's true. And that's garbage. I said that's garbage. This is not relative. This is not a moving target. This is not out of date. God is righteous and God is right. God is righteous and God is right. And you don't believe me? Live out your life. And one day we'll all stand before the judge of the living and the dead. And you're going to find out who's sitting in that courtroom. God is righteous and God is right. 2 Samuel 22 verse 31 says this, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. We discover and God reveals to us what is right through the Bible. It's not written by dummies. It's not written by slackers. Moses, one of the authors, had the highest and best education available. He was mighty in words and deeds. Daniel, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand. He was ten times better, ten times sharper than Nebuchadnezzar's best. Paul, brought up at the feet of Gamaliel, the eminent and leading doctor of the law. No one was disciplined and learned like Paul. 2 Timothy and beyond all those guys, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this. All scripture, everybody say all scripture. 
All Scripture is what? Inspired by God. Inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know what? You get your values out of that. You get your worldview out of that. You know how I want to raise my kids, how I want to invest money, how I want to treat my neighbor, how I want to do this, what I'm going to do with my life. We learn those things through God's word. We have a biblical worldview. Righteousness exalts a nation. It affects its values. It affects public policy. It affects the moral climate. Righteousness exalts. Everybody says exalts. The word exalts actually means to elevate, to raise, to bring up. It exalts what? A nation. What's a nation? A nation is families. A nation is individuals. And righteousness exalts and brings up a nation, families, communities, individuals. But sin, to miss the mark, sin is a reproach. It brings down. It brings disgrace and shame and ruin. And what is the difference? Values. Values, And we've got to decide for ourselves, hey, I follow Jesus. I have a biblical worldview. I make my decisions, my life based on this. Every area of your life. But then when it comes to a vote, you need to vote your values. And just for a second, just forget the election altogether. And I know some of you say, yeah, I wish I could. But just forget it altogether. You, just you as an individual, day by day. You must have a biblical worldview because righteousness will bring your life up. Let me just ask you a quick informal survey. How many of you have crashed your life before? I promise you, you're headed the wrong way, right? I mean, we would all would admit that. It's God's way is perfect. God's way is proven. God's way is a shield and it helps you. Let me read this to you and then we'll wrap this up today. In Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11, the instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure and lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They're sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant and a great reward for those who obey them, not just his law, but his lordship in our life. And let's make sure we've got that settled most of all. And then as we live our life, we run into election season. What are we going to do then? We're not going to lose our brain. We're not going to lose our heart. We're going to value our vote. We're going to vote our values. I want you to vote. I want you to vote intelligently. I want you to get informed about these things. And above all, let's make sure that we walk in truth. And let's make sure that we walk in love. Amen. Next week, I'm going to wander into some of the issues. I'm going to wander into that as it relates to values. And uh, that's very, very important. I want you to to come be with us. This is a very kind of, in one hand, very difficult subject, politics. I hate even messing with it. Uh, But I hope that today this has helped you. I hope it's even stirred you up in some ways too. Um, And it's all about values. And I'm going to tell you this. God is right. His way is right. And let's follow after his way. And then that gets reflected in every area of our life. Amen.
Did you get anything at all out of this today? Yeah.